Hello, everyone, and welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 134, and we're discussing our favorite children in anime. There may be some light to semi-light spoilers throughout this episode as we talk about these great children in anime. So I know we like to start off some of our episodes with updates on what's going on with us. Really the biggest update that we've had for the past several months and we've shared with you guys is that we are expecting our first baby. You don't say. (laughs) And that is a direct tie-in and a direct motivation for the topic of this episode. We even had a bonus episode recently on our Patreon for March where we talked about the anime we want our baby to watch. And that one was a lot of fun. We basically shared like starter anime or foundational anime that we'd want our baby to watch or our child to watch as they get older um, if they want to become a weeb. If that's what they're interested in, you know, they may go a different direction and maybe they're more into video games or sports or who knows what. But, you know, we hold out hope that they'll want to watch some anime. But yeah, if you're interested in that uh, that bonus episode, you can check out more details around it on our Patreon at patreon.com slash strictly series. But this particular episode of Strictly Anime is extra special for a couple different reasons. Um, So first off, we wanted to do an episode about children in anime since, again, we are about to have our first child. Uh, Second, it's special because this episode is actually releasing on the same day our baby is due. Whoa! About to enter the world of anime. (laughs) (laughs) The real world and the world of anime. Of course, we're recording this in advance, so we don't know if the baby actually will arrive or did arrive on the due date, but it's kind of nice that it falls on the baby's due date. And then third, we're going to share our baby's gender at the end of the episode, so stick around till then to find that out. And to celebrate such a meaningful episode, we're also playing a baby name game with our listeners. We asked our patrons and our listeners on our Discord to tell us which anime character they think we should name our baby after and why. So we'll share all the great names right after we share our favorite children in anime. So let's jump into it. Um, a, A little bit of context around this. We decided to use the age range, the standard age range for children, which is 1 to 12 years old, but also include babies if there are any babies on, on our list. Because <laughs> it's sometimes it's difficult to gauge if a an anime character really is a child or if they're like a, a young thousand, teenager. A thousand years old. Yeah, or a thousand year old <laughs> lolly. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, we figured if we kind of position it around 1 to 12 years old plus babies, that's a good range. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, you know, normally in our confam group, we have a joke about fuck them kids, but <laughs> we're going to make an exception for this episode because, yeah, a lot of these children are are, are worthy to be praised and, and recognized. But I think, as always, we are not privy to each other's lists. Uh, I think I came up with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, children that I love in anime. How many do you have? I have 10 but i'm sure we're gonna have a lot of overlap as always Mm -hmm. although there are a couple that i think you probably won't have on your list i don't know i'm curious now i it's it's interesting because there's a lot of great children in anime 
but we needed to hone these the list down to our favorites. Like the kids that we just love watching. They have great stories. Um, you know, we just get really excited when we think about like, oh my gosh, they they went through this whole thing in their respective anime, and that makes them such a cool a cool kid um, in our eyes. So there was a lot of thought that went into this. Uh, there were a lot more kids I wanted to add to the list, but I had to shave it down to a clean ten, even though that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to figure that I have at least one character that is not on your list and the rest will probably be be shared. But yeah, basically my thought process was would I want this kid to be my kid? That's you know what? I kind of had the same vibe too. I was like, would the would I want this kid around me in real life? Like how how much do I love them? How much time do I want, I want to spend with them if they were actually here with me? So since you have the longer list, and I'm curious where our overlap starts, I think you can go first. Okay. I'm going to start off with, I was going to say one that's uh, happy but sad, but it kind of is. It's March from To Your Eternity. Uh, I had a feeling you would have March on your list. And I have Age Unknown, because I don't think they technically reveal her age or know her age in the anime. Let me do a quick check, because uh, I went to a lot of these anime's wikis to confirm an age. Um, age is four, so... Oh, well, do they say that in the anime? They may have, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe in the manga. But... Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Well, there you go. About four years old. I love her so much. Is her story or her arc my favorite from To Your Eternity Season 1? No, but it's definitely my second favorite. Like, it's it's a close second, because... Uh, you know, without spoiling any major plot lines, she's one of the first people that Fushi encounters and her goal is to become a mother. And even though she's very young, she takes the time to be a sort of mother to Fushi by teaching him how to speak and how to eat properly and just how to be more human-like. And that's such a I don't know, like a, a mature thing for a young kid to be able to do, mm-hmm. to have that kind of goal at such a young age and to be that, um, you know, compelled by that goal to start acting toward it, even at four years old, I think is really special. And she she has such a special bond with Fushi because she takes such good care of him. Yeah, I, I think that's the most significant thing with March is that she is very mature for her age and has these very motherly traits, which are great for like a sentient, I guess, being that Fushi starts off with and not knowing what those kinds of emotions are. And I would say he he really takes March's lessons to heart as he continues on his journey throughout the world into your eternity. Uh, I think that's the least spoilery way that I can explain march's impact on him but yeah march is a march is a great kid so the first child that i have on my list i don't think you'll have this one on yours uh, because they're from my hero academia and i'm talking about airy i thought about putting airy on my list but i feel like i haven't seen enough of her in the show to feel as connected but she's cute as fuck Mm-hmm. she's so precious yeah it's a character that you feel you definitely feel like you need to protect or we need to protect uh i think at the time of season four Aerie was six years old 
And, you know, it's not difficult to protect her because she lives in a world full of pro heroes that are ready to come to her aid. I think one of my favorite parts about Eddie is how just innocent she is because she hasn't experienced a lot of life yet um, because of her age, but also because of her upbringing. So seeing her go through thing, go through things like Christmas and calling mm-hmm. it Easter or something like that or saying like something about the Easter bunny. she's like trick or treat. Oh, yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> like totally different holiday, but she's still learning. It's just it's so cute. And of course, her her connection with Eraserhead is like the best. Yeah, and so moments like that where you see her being a child are are great, especially when thinking about her backstory, which was a major focus in the first half of season four. Uh, I think without delving into too many details, Ari's story is basically one about exploitation and how she was pretty much robbed of her childhood until Midoriya and their their special team came in to to rescue her and i think the the most endearing part about airy like you said it's just her getting to finally experience the life that was taken away from her as a child because the second half of the fourth season is the the bunkasai arc that's typical in most anime but in that arc it's midoriya's mission to put a smile on on airy's face as you know i think that's Kind of his prime directive in being a superhero is if a hero is able to put a smile on someone's face. And, you know, they had their their cheesy rock concert, but then seeing her, I think she was on Mirio's shoulders and her having the time of her life and genuinely enjoying herself at the Bunkasai after everything that she's gone through, I think was just a deeply touching moment. And it's clear now, like as Ari has grown older and as the series has progressed, um, she's ready to give back to those who, who rescued her and ready to contribute to society in a more positive way. And that's, that's all you can ask for a kid is just like learning to appreciate life and then giving back to those um, that, need, uh, that need the help. Next on my list is one that I know you definitely are not familiar with. It's Shippo from Inuyasha. The little creature guy? The little fox demon. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one with the big tail. No, not Jockin. Are you thinking about Jockin? Oh, Like the, the, no, the kappa the, no, turtle looking thing? No, yeah. I, the first one I thought was the one with the tail. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Shippo, I, I think age is technically unknown. He's probably like technically 50 years old because demons age super slow in the show, but he's still a kid, likely around like five to seven years old, or like that's what he looks like anyway. And I really like Shippo because of his like little brother qualities when it comes to Inuyasha and Kagome. He joins the group because he doesn't really have like a family anymore. So they kind of like adopt him into their group and he's useful. He helps out as much as he can, you know, having very new skills that he hasn't refined yet, but he tries his best to be useful. But I, I enjoy the back and forth between Shippo and Inuyasha because Inuyasha acts like that big older brother who's also a Sundere and gets annoyed by Shippo and likes to pester him. But then Shippo likes to get under his skin as well. And then when it comes to Kagome, it's kind of like she's a big sister slash mother figure for him. So he's very protective of her and likes to poke fun at Inuyasha when it comes to Kagome. So I think that little brother quality about him makes him really endearing. So it's not like an 
old man trapped in a young boy's body. No. It's just that <laughs> demons age faster. Yeah, I think Inuyasha's like uh, over 100 years old or something, technically. Okay. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched it. But yeah, in the show, demons age. They, they age up, but they age at a super slow rate compared to humans. I see. Because I was looking up age ages for, for Shippo. One Reddit post says he's officially supposed to be seven, according to the Inuyasha Manga Profiles book, but he is actually closer to 50 years old. I'm looking up here too. Inuyasha is roughly 150 years old when he first mm. meets Kikyo and 200 years old when he meets Kagome. So yeah, again, like mentally, like maybe physically he's 50 years old, like an old man, uh, but mentally he's a kid. By demon standards. Yeah, this reminds me of Baby Yoda because I'm pretty sure uh, in the Star Wars lore, he is supposed to be around 50 years old, but he still has the, the mental capacity of a, of, a, of a baby because I think his species, the Yoda species, also lives like for hundreds of years. So they, they age even slower than Shippo's species. Yeah. <laughs> the next child that i have on my list comes from the good part of the promised neverland and i have emma you know i was thinking about putting ray on my list really oh, yeah. I, I was thinking <laughs> of the of the trio like who would i who i loved more um as 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 a kid and you know like ray he has decent qualities about him. He's kind of just a, a sulky little kid sometimes. He's but, a little sun today. <laughs> yeah. And then Norm, of course, he's intelligent, but um, I don't know if I'd want him really around me <laughs> too much. But I think Emma is just that all-around kid. Um, I think she was age 11 at the beginning of the series, uh, which I guess makes sense in the context of what happens in The Promised Neverland is that I think she's considered like the the cream of the crop with the orphans that are in Grace Field House. Uh, she's intelligent. She has that sense of adventure and has the natural qualities of being a leader, which is which will help or which help her in what she's trying to achieve in the Promised Neverland, which is to to kind of break out of this facility that's housing orphans for a very sinister reason. Uh, and so in that sense, I would see her as like a great older sister because she knows the responsibilities that she has to bear on the farm in protecting her fellow orphans while devising this plan to get them to a better place. And I know she, like she, she doubts herself a lot. And maybe that's just, you know, the qualities of that, <laughs> that shonen protagonist who's unsure of their abilities. But I think she's her... Her strengths do outshine her weaknesses. Yeah, she's a very positive kid. And I think my favorite quality about her is that she has this mentality of no kid left behind. No mm -hmm. matter how young or I almost said how useless, but how incapable they are because of how young they are. Um, it doesn't matter to her. She wants to help everybody. So next on my list is uh, one that's not technically human maybe i don't know we don't know yet what? that's reg from made in abyss oh who like <laughs> shippo and like a couple of these on my list age is technically unknown but people speculate like five to seven years old 
um, because of his appearance and demeanor. So maybe not literally five to seven years old. I think they hint that like he could be much, he, he might've been in existence much longer than that. But I think that's the age range that he best resembles. Mm-hmm. I was I was kind of wondering where you were going with the creature thing. Like, <laughs> well, I think I think of everyone on my list. Like we don't know like what he actually is based like a, on where yeah. we're at in Made in Abyss. Like a humanoid. There you basically. go. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. <laughs> but I love Reg because um, he is super loyal to his friends. He's super. Um, useful i mean literally none of what happens in made in abyss could happen without reg there, there's mm-hmm. literally no way because rico like she she can't do anything <laughs> she she relies a hundred percent on him. rico <laughs> she's using reg <laughs> she's she's just the motivation to keep everybody going in the group. yeah but as far as uh like reg actually is, getting is stuff done brawn. yeah reg is like he, like he makes shit happen and then you got Nanachi, who's incredibly intelligent. So, like, the the three of them... Okay, Reg and Nanachi carry the team, let's be honest. <laughs> but Rico's the cheerleader who keeps everyone motivated. But, yeah, Reg, I think he offers so much to the group. But I also find his, um, his innocence to be really, really special. Because I, I would say both Rico and Reg have this this very apparent childlike innocence to them, which is what makes Made in Abyss, the story, so compelling and sometimes really difficult to watch. Um, not that she's a different story because of her her backstory, but when it comes to Reg, I feel like he is so, like I said, so loyal and dedicated to Rico and that quality, knowing that he cares so much about somebody else and wants to make their dreams come true, even if he's just trying to figure out what's going on in his own head, um, I think that's really special. I think it shows a lot of selflessness, um, a lot of, again, dedication. And that's the kind of, you know, kid I would want to 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 raise, I guess, or hopefully raise. Yeah, and I know we still aren't really privy to uh, Reg's backstory. There's still a lot of mystery around him, but I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Reg can be destructive, Um even when he doesn't intend to be. But I think the fact that, you know, he's still trying to be that good person despite what, like, despite his OP abilities, um, like, I guess it's it's a good thing that Reg is on Rico's side, basically. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised uh, with me bringing up The Promised Neverland that you didn't have a, a child there that you, another child that you also, um, particularly liked because my next character is another one that comes from the promised neverland and that is phil oh my god phil well i do i did mention ray i really like Mm -hmm. ray um but i don't know if he was like favorite children in anime worthy ray or phil ray for me oh okay but phil i mean phil's phil's the og okay (laughs) phil is fucking amazing (laughs) did you have him on your list no i didn't (laughs) oh i'm surprised (laughs) but that's a great one that is a great one (laughs) yeah uh phil is age four um at the time of the i think in the first season and it's funny because i was looking up some info on phil and his wiki page says due to his age phil is considered to be one of the house's low quality goods oh no that's <laughs> but so sad no. phil is phil is a real one i think phil understood the assignment um, that was given to him by emma and he's only four fucking years old uh that's all i can really say about phil without 
getting into like spoiler heavy details but yeah if you want a kid that's reliable and trustworthy you gotta you gotta look to my man phil (laughs) phil's a real one holy shit i i can't believe i forgot about him yeah he's he's um one of the best out there yeah you know his bright-eyed nature or like his bright-eyed looks you'd think this guy this kid's a fucking idiot but no he's not he is not low quality goods he is top shelf material (laughs) next up i have one who is technically within the age range i think that we established for children, which I'm very excited about. That's Falco Grease, Grice. I don't know which way you pronounce that, from Attack on Titan. Uh, I didn't even cons- I was thinking, are there children in Attack on Titan? There it's- are children. Yeah. Attack on Titan is about children. <laughs> I mean, like, they, they grow up. I'm yeah. Talking yeah. about Eren, Mikasa, and Armin, and the rest of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely forgot about Falco. I don't think it's. Ex- explicitly stated at least not in the anime how old falco is but when i did some research and i treaded very lightly with this research because i was scared to come across spoilers um i believe he's supposed to be around 12 so if our age range is 1 to 12 then he he counts he counts and he's precious i love him it's going to be really hard to talk about falco because He's part of the final season of Attack on Titan, and anything I mention is probably going to be spoiler territory. But if you've watched the final season, I think you'll understand why I think Falco is absolutely fantastic. The best I can say is that he is so precious. He is like the epitome of innocence in a story and in a world where innocence basically doesn't exist anymore. And because of that, The things that happen to him and around him make it so much harder for him to deal with. But also as a viewer, it's that much harder to have to watch him go through it because he goes through it. That's for sure. Like, I just want to hug him every time he's on screen. So yeah, I don't want to say more than that because it's it's very, very spoiler territory. But Falco, I love him. Yeah, Falco is a glimmer of light in a very dark and bleak world. And I would say that he is, he has the personality and the traits that we were hoping for in another very major character of Attack on Titan um, that, you know, currently that, that's not playing out. But I think Falco is the best representative symbol of hope that the world of Attack on Titan needs. Next kid that I have on my list... I think if I didn't include them, the community would riot, but they've taken the world by storm. I put Anya Forger from Spy Family. I also have Anya (laughs) on my list. Yeah, I think she was, uh, what was it? Character that must be protected. She won that that category at the Crunchyroll Awards. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I think I've mentioned this a couple of times. It took me a while to warm up to Anya just because I thought she was so stupid. But <laughs> as the series went on, she's she grew to be a very lovable character. I think she means well. She's She is very intelligent, um, but I think she's just not using it in the right places, especially with her, her studies at Eden Academy. Uh, but, you know, when she tries to help Lloyd and Yor out, um, having her her special abilities, she does the best that she can. 
And, you know, that's all you can and ask from a kid who is really naive but wants to still play their part. Wait, did you mention her age? Oh, yeah. Because so, she's, she's technically four to five years old yes. but claims to be six years old for the purpose of the story, mm-hmm. for the purpose of getting adopted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's something that I really find endearing about Anya is how hard she is trying to be a you know a good member of the Forger family, to be useful to Lloyd, um, to be useful to your. It's one thing that I think may go not unappreciated, but may um, be swept under the rug is the fact that she is four to five years old, but now has to perform in terms of like schoolwork at the level of a six year old. In mm, yeah. one or two years, I I assume is a lot is a pretty big gap for a child to need to fill. Like maybe as an adult, like if you were you know twenty, but you were doing the the work or expected to do the work of like a twenty one or twenty two year old, whatever. Like you're old enough where you can critically think through that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think a four or five year old can bridge that gap and and be able to perform at the level of a six year old. Like that's that's asking a lot of a child, especially a child who. Like Anya doesn't have the most stable upbringing. Who yeah. knows if she was even in school regularly? So seeing how hard she tries um, is just—it's really inspiring. Yeah, and I think the other thing is just her her voice actor does a fantastic job at nailing that innocent, but also mischievous voice in Anya Atsumi Tanazaki. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely stellar performance. Because when I first got introduced to Anya, I actually had to look it up. I'm like, is this an actual child voice actor or is this an adult doing a really convincing job of a child? Because oftentimes in anime, you have adult voice actors, voice acting for children, but you, but they don't sound like children. They sound like adults mm-hmm. trying to be children. And then, of course, the smug Anya face. Yeah. <laughs> Her relationship with Damien, too, is just the mm-hmm. cutest to me. Like that innocent. Well, on his end, I think he's got the crush on her. Maybe not so much, at least at this point, the other way around. But just that innocence that goes along with their their love-hate relationship is so funny. Right. All right. Next up, I would be absolutely shocked if you did not have this particular kid on your list. It's Boji from Ranking of Kings. See, I I didn't. <laughs> you didn't put Boji? Wait, no. what? <laughs> because maybe, I, I don't know what source you were looking at, but uh, the age for Boji that I saw was that he's a teenager. Okay, no, I saw that. I'm like, I refuse. This is well, this is probably me being being super petty right now. I'm going to break <laughs> our own rule, and I'm going to say absolutely not. He, there's no fucking way. When I read that, I'm like, there is no fucking way that bulgy is like what was it, like 14 to 15 years old i think so there's but he's, no he's um, daida's older brother yes but <laughs> i cannot in a million years look at bulgy and think yeah that kid's 15 <laughs> there's no way i even wrote on my notes i'm like age unknown this is me just being like again like totally petty about the fact that he might be older than i actually think he is so I'm I'm keeping him on the list because I think we all <laughs> no, feel I like think, he's a, a little boy at no, heart. No, yeah, he, he still deserves to be on your <laughs> list, and yeah, he should be on my list. But you know, I I thought of that age caveat. We'll we'll say he's on your list again. I'm breaking our own rules. I said or we said you know 12 years old max, but I just I can't. It's it's weird. It's weird to think that Boji might actually be older than what he yeah. appears to be in the show. No, I get what you mean. 
But also you have Baby Boji with those cheeks. Of course. Like, okay, <laughs> let's, so I guess, think of, let's think of him in that sense. Yeah, so I guess I'll switch it to Baby Boji from Ranking of Kings. But all in all, Boji is a fantastic character. Like a lot of these kids on our list, Like he's very inspiring. Um, he has a goal set in mind. And no matter how much he's made fun of or doubted because of his limitations, he does what he needs to do to achieve his goals. And he's got one of the the greatest support men ever with Kage and watching the two of them, you know, support each other as they go through their adventures is really, really special because the show starts off with Kage not being the greatest, I was going to say greatest person, not being the greatest Mm. blob to Boji. Right. (laughs) And yet Boji trusts him and cares about him and is so willing to forgive him. And yeah, Boji just has a lot of great qualities that I think any kid should have. I think some people would say like Boji is a character that we must protect. And I know he was also a nominee in that category at the Crunchyroll Awards. But I'll say I, I don't think Boji needs protection. He he is very capable on his own. And it's just a shame that no one else recognizes his abilities. But I, I think that's a great example for, for any child or adult is that no matter what the world may think of you, you are more capable than you already know and the cherry on top is that the cheeks on baby boji are fucking adorable when 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 we got that flashback and we saw baby boji with those like cheeks Mm -hmm. exploding from his face i mean a lot of people i'm sure like me and love big squishy cheeks on babies i was like whoever like designed baby boji whoever was responsible for character design nailed it like they just absolutely nailed it boji baby boji is so fucking cute next child that i have on my list uh, it comes from one of our favorite series, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but more specifically from the recent part, Stone Ocean, I put Emporio. I also have Emporio oh, on my list. Very nice, because yeah, Emporio is age 11 at the time of Stone Ocean. Uh, he's a Cubs fan, so that's why he won in my book. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Even though they, they retconned that part out of the anime for yeah, copyright reasons. Yeah, that was, that was disappointing, but... Yeah, with Emporio, actually, I don't know if I've ever, if we ever mentioned this on Strictly Jojo, but Tsumi Tanizaki also voices Emporio. So she does both Anya and and Emporio. It's oh, shit. Of... We've talked a lot about Emporio's voice actor performance, mm-hmm. especially in the final episodes of, jo- of Stone Ocean. And like, holy shit, the emotion that she's able to like exhibit in that mm-hmm. performance is phenomenal. Yeah. And so in that sense... Emporio, despite being this child, becomes a very significant player in the climax of Stone Ocean. And I think it's just that journey of him starting off as this timid, very nervous kid who's who's cautious of the world around him, um, how he is impacted by Jolene entering his life and how she gives him a, a renewed sense of hope and strength and becomes one of her most trustworthy allies in the end it's a very inspiring story and i i want to talk about like how emotional the ending for stone ocean was like witnessing it through emporio's eyes but i think that aspect too of of seeing the humanity of this character despite everything that he's been through is also just something that's so heartwarming to see Yeah, I think my favorite part about Emporio is that he pushes himself out of his comfort zone. Even if he, on the surface, is scared 
and you know tells Jolene like we got to play it safe we can't do these big risky things I think ultimately he does want to break out of his shell Mm -hmm. because he could just choose to be in his ghost room all the time he could choose not to get involved because it's too dangerous but no like again while on the surface he may be saying I think this is dangerous I don't want to do this he ultimately does do it because he sees that it's for the greater good Mm -hmm. he sees it's in to help people who he really cares about the Joe bros and he is a team player through and through yeah, Cubs team player. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, this next one, if you don't have it on your list, I'll be even more shocked than the whole Boji situation. Let's hear it. It's Kotaro Sato yes. from Kotaro Lives Alone. Good old Kotaro. The he most, was on my list. The most endearing four-year-old I have ever come across in anime. Probably my most favorite child in anime. Oh, he's so precious we every time we bring up Kotaro lives alone we always have to give a shout out to anime brothers because they were the ones um where we first heard about Kotaro lives alone they spoke so highly about it that it compelled us to watch it and it was like one of the best 10 episode experiences that i've had Mm -hmm. in a long time and we always recommend to our listeners go check it out but as always it's difficult to talk about Kotaro lives alone without spoiling things and just ruining the whole experience so talking high level about Kotaro I would say his independence of course is um it, it can't be beat across children like I think there's a lot of independent children especially on our list but none of them exhibit independence the way Kotaro does and not and only, he lives alone. Yeah, it's literally in the title. Old, yeah. <laughs> and then not not only that, but his resilience um, and his ability to always see things in a positive light. I, I just, I don't know, like once you experience the story, those aspects about Kotaro become so much more important. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's always funny. We, we have to give Kotaro a disclaimer about... Just go watch the show yourself. But I think Kotaro's journey is one that definitely should be experienced. Um, he's very mature for his age. Sometimes he, he wants to just come off that way, especially in the way that he speaks, almost in like a, the, that formal language of like the of the daimyo of ancient times or of the feudal periods. Uh, but even with that sort of facade, you, you, you know that he's still... He still needs some help along the way, and that's what his his apartment mates give to him, and that's just great. Just considering everything that Kotaro experiences, or we learn that Kotaro experiences in the show, um, it just makes him a very endearing child, and it makes you really respect what he's like the the stuff that he's gone through. Really respect the way that he's come out of it in such a a positive way. And those eyes. My God, those eyes. Those are the weirdest eyes I've ever seen on a character. What, yeah, but what even, happened there? <laughs> yeah, but even like when you see them sort of light up, you can't help but smile. So that leaves me with one last child on my list that is one of my favorite children in anime. Uh, it's from Hunter Hunter, but it's not. I, I know there's one child in there that I'm, uh, I'm saving for you to say, <laughs> but I will, I'll say the other one that I really like, and that's Killua. Age 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Kalua, uh, you know, despite his dark past, he doesn't let that get in the way of still being a good person and being good friends with Gon. Um, I think, you know, with, with 
a lot of these characters, some of the characters that we've mentioned, um, some of them may have come out of like traumatic life experiences and that kind of shapes their, their thinking, their way of acting, but that's not the case with Kilua at all. I think what's great about Kilua is that despite the shit that the Zoldic family throws at him, he still wants to just be a kid. And I think that it's Gon that helps him with keeping that part of his childhood alive. Um, also, he's a Kure, which is just one of my favorite character types um, in that he's he's mysterious, but you know you can't fuck with him, especially because he is a member of the Zoldic family. Yeah, Kilua's great. I think one of the the attributes um, that he displays that it makes him one of the most popular characters of all time in anime is his dedication to Gon, his dedication to his friends, and despite his upbringing, him wanting to live a more positive life. And when I first started watching Hunter x Hunter with you, I was like, damn, is really fucking smart. Like, he's super intelligent, mm -hmm. but I think that's that's inherent to him, like that he's naturally intelligent, but when you learn more about his backstory, you realize part of that intelligence is because it was forced upon him yeah. before he had a chance to really be a kid so when he meets gone and he can finally be a kid um but at the same time also protect gone because he's like kilua has had more experiences than gone has had it's a it makes for a really interesting dynamic mm -hmm. you constantly see kilua want to let loose in the sense of like just you know not have to worry about everything just live a carefree life that a child does but at the same time he still has to be on his toes otherwise gone's probably going to kill himself <laughs> right. Yeah, he's just he's also there just to keep going in check, uh, which makes him, I guess, the more mature of the duo. Uh, but yeah, Kilua's Kilua's great. I love him. Well, with that, I have to mention that the next one on my list also comes from Hunter Hunter. Surprise, surprise! It's Gone Freaks. Gone Freaks. Who I have to say is probably my number one favorite child in anime. I didn't know anything about Gon, of course, going into Hunter Hunter, but leaving Hunter Hunter, I am obsessed with Gon. I love him so much. I just get like warm, fuzzy feelings anytime he does anything in the show. Like I just, I love him to death. And I think he's got a fantastic voice actor who does a really good job like portraying his, his stupidity and his just like carefree nature. And I love his, his like dynamic with Kilua. Cause again, Kilua is very intelligent very mature, but wants to be a little more immature. And then Gon is really immature, really inexperienced, really stupid, but wants to be more mature. He wants to grow up fast to reach, mm -hmm. you know, Jing. <laughs> you know, that whole that whole plot line. <laughs> and I think what I saw was that Gon is 12 years old when the show starts. So he's actually a year older than Kilua. Really? I thought it was the other way around. I mean, that's what I assumed, But that too. makes it funnier. I know, because <laughs> yeah. he's actually older than Kilua. Yeah, and, and Kilua has to be the one with the, the proper head on his shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's no other kid, child in anime that I find more endearing and more special to, to my heart and is one of my favorite characters of all time, like Gon Freaks. He is just fucking adorable. Yeah, to give credit uh, where it's due, it's Megumi Han, who voices Gon. Yes, and thank you. Maria Issei, who, of course, voices Killua. Um, yeah, I like Gon as a protagonist because he he breaks the mold of most shonen out there. Where, you know, if he's faced with a tough situation, he doesn't 
immediately be kind of like down in the dumps. Uh, I- I'm He's think- not a crybaby. <laughs> yeah, not a fucking Takemichi. Uh, I'm thinking specifically of there was a during the hunter exam, one of their final their final tests was like facing off against uh, other hunters, and you know Gon was up against a very formidable opponent who was basically getting the upper hand. But, you know, Gon wouldn't give up. And so he goes up to the guy and he's like, is there any other way that we can resolve this? And I thought that was just the funniest, but also the most unique way to put an end to a battle in anime. But that's just a testament to how different Gon is from a lot of characters that we've seen. And he's not afraid to admit that he's stupid. I think there's that one part... um, Oh God, I can't remember now. I, I know that like Kilua and Gon were arguing about something and Kilua mm-hmm. was like, are you an idiot or are you stupid? And he's like, yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I just love it. Like he doesn't try he to knows. be, he just doesn't try to be anything more than he is. Like he knows that his forte is strength. It's not intelligence. And he doesn't try to to be intelligent. He just lets Kilua do all the thinking for him. <laughs> oh, Gon. He's precious i adore the shit out of gone freaks well that leaves just one more on my list and okay this one's maybe a little more like a a meme i don't know but the last kid that i have here is ash ketchum from pokemon (laughs) who is i was thinking of him too but who who is eternally 10 years old yeah you gotta gotta have that combat (laughs) eternally 10 years old it's funny because usually I'm the one that has some w- weird answer <laughs> uh, and it usually ends up being related to Pokemon. But yeah, I, I, I was considering Ash, but then I was like, do I want Ash as my own kid? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put Ash on here mostly because of nostalgia. I mean, yeah. we grew up with the early days of Pokemon and I guess to to be specific, the Ash Ketchum I'm thinking of in this context is the Ash Ketchum from the early seasons of Pokemon, like OG Ash. He is just, I don't know, he's like, he's dumb. He's a kid who's, again, eternally 10 years old, gets thrown out into the world and has to like capture Pokemon and try to befriend them and train them and raise them. And be the very best. Yeah. And I'm like, this is completely unrealistic for any 10 year old to have to survive in the wild on their own um with little to no technology and then have to raise other creatures i mean i didn't get my first dog until i was in college and i was like i don't know how a 10 year old could raise a pet on their own and i know pokemon aren't pet but you get the idea like how do you raise an animal that you've never been exposed to before on your own at that age so his situation is completely unrealistic as we all know but it makes for really great adventures and uh, the fact that he never ages, I think, is spectacular. <laughs> That's something I think a lot of people wish they could do. Although he, he's reached the end of his, his journey now. I know. Day, yeah, I think, I don't know if the final episode of Pokemon where Ash is the protagonist is already released, but it's like, yeah, he's he's, he's, reti- he's retired <laughs> at 10, however old he is now. 10, he's yeah, eternally he's still, 10. Yeah, he's still 10. Like, what's he going to do now? Like, go back home with his mom and, and Mr. Mime? Or yeah, he's going to hang out with them, I guess, and live the rest of his childhood. Maybe now that he's retired, he can start aging again. Oh, yeah, is that how it works? <laughs> like, you have to become the very best in the world of Pokemon, and then you can age. You can escape the, the eternity of being 10 years old. Yeah, but I think... Yeah, for most of us, Ash was almost like the, the kid that we wanted to be, the one who was bright-eyed and 
who saw the world as <laughs> saw the world as his oyster or his cloister and just the endless possibilities of yeah, being the best that no one ever was or like no one ever was yeah that's why it's so nostalgic because we many of us in this our generation growing up with ash it's like that's the situation we dreamt of to be mm-hmm. able to catch pokemon and not have to go to school or have any responsibilities other than trying to survive <laughs> at 10 years old like that's great dude i was mm-hmm. getting on the school bus at like six o'clock in the morning in the winter and i'm like this sucks i just want to go out into the world and catch pokemon right and then you see shit like where Ash was fucking throwing hands with Mewtwo yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Like, man, I wish I were like him. Like, if I were that brave to go against one of the most powerful creatures in, in Pokemon. Brave or naive. <laughs> <laughs> and so we move on to some honorable mentions for the children that we love in anime. My honorable mention, I only have one. And the only reason that they didn't make the list is because they just barely met the age cutoff and that is edward wong how pepelu tivruski the fourth from cowboy bebop i was gonna put ed on my list too but then i saw her age and I'm like oh shit didn't work yeah <laughs> she didn't fit our our criteria although i put bulgy on there so i don't know <laughs> although like she still acts like a, a goofy ass kid but very intelligent of course because she is a computer hacker uh but i think she she's the character that brings a, a new sense of youth into the bebop crew and still does her part in helping them out as much as they as much as she can on their failed bounty missions yeah ed's ed's a fun character and i think one of the best things about ed is that they cast the perfect voice actress for ed for mm-hmm. the dub that just captures her erratic silly um crazy nature because she i understand why she's a pain in the butt for the bebop crew but like you said she holds her own and they're only able to do a handful of things that they do in that show because of ed plus she takes real good care of ayn oh of <laughs> one of the best relationships ever between ed and ayn oh i love it well my honorable mention is really more of a meme <laughs> but it's the it's one of my favorite memes from jojo it's manish boy who's the stand user of Death Death 13 oh. from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders, a.k.a. Baby, baby Stan, stand. <laughs> Wait, who is 11 months. I had to have a, one baby on my list, and there's a lot of babies out there. Like I was thinking about doing the one kid from Gakuen Babysitters, but is it a favorite? No, but Baby Stand is one of my favorite memes, so I'm like, I at least have to talk about Baby Stand, so I have one baby on my list. And that's the one. <laughs> the baby was fucking creepy. But the, I love like the lolly Yeah. <laughs> I mean, canon baby, even though that baby is like really fucking intelligent. Mm-hmm. But the whole episode is absolutely ridiculous. And the way it ends, not going to spoil that at all because it's one of my favorite like situations that we get from Stardust Crusaders. But the way it ends for baby stand when it comes to Kakioin at the end of the episode is just, oh, it's it's great. But it's awful at the same time. So now that we've shared our favorite children in anime, we're going to jump over to the baby name game that we played with our listeners. So again, we asked our listeners um, on our Patreon and in our Discord to tell us which anime character they think we should name our baby after and why. And we said that anime characters can be of any gender and they can be human or non-human. So it was pretty much like free reign. Whoever 
whatever they think would be a great namesake for our child. So we got a lot of responses and these are really, really good. We're going to start off by sharing responses from our patrons. And the first one we have on our list comes from The Big Yikes. So The Big Yikes shares, I would go with Ushio. Fingers crossed that this wouldn't be a bad omen. Let's just hope it's the true ending. It's even stated that it's a name that works for male or female. So that's Ushio from Clannad. I, okay. I, I always say when it comes to Clannad, I refuse to say anything about that show because you have not experienced it mm-hmm. and it is an experience. But the big yikes, I, I totally get what you mean. And oh my gosh, that is a very, very precious name, a very special name in anime. So I think that's a really good one. Yeah, that makes me just really curious now. Maybe I'll have to watch Clannad uh, at some point after the baby arrives just to understand what this means. Yeah, I think... I think it's it's a great show, and I really hope one day you do jump into Clannad. Next up, we have Earthworm, who is one of our great friends from the Anime Brothers podcast. He says, assuming the baby will be a boy. I don't know if that's been mentioned, so my bad if I missed that. You did not, so <laughs> good call. Uh, I'm nominating the name Jonathan. This child will be the start of a brand new legacy for the insert last name family. <laughs> Therefore, making Carl the George Joestar of the family and barring any unforeseen horse-drawn buggy accidents, Courtney will be there. So baby Jonathan already has a step up on his namesake. <laughs> TLDR, name the baby best genius. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm so confused. <laughs> this is great. Well, luckily, I've only once in my life ridden in a horse-drawn like not a buggy, but like one of those like little carriages in Chicago when they yeah. had them around like uh, the the Gold Coast area. Um, so it was fine. There were no accidents. Uh, so I don't plan to be in another one anytime soon. So yeah, fingers crossed on that. But I love that. I think Jonathan, especially the namesake being Jonathan Joestar, is absolutely fantastic because he's a true gentleman. He is. Uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders, even mm-hmm. though we can't say the same for the rest of his lineage. Oh, yeah, so I sure. think that's a, a great option. Also, best genus. I, I guess that's a really good one, too, because talk about amazing plot armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine dressing our baby like best genus. <laughs> like head this, to toe denim <laughs> yeah all the way up to their eyeballs and then the koi on his head whatever you call it like the weird comb over <laughs> thing uh funny earthworm says that i would be like the george joe star of the family does that mean i'm gonna meet my demise at the hands of a vampire <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> means not. you're gonna bring into our family a really rough kid named dio <laughs> <laughs> The next one comes from KK, who says, you should name your child Goosh Goosh because they will grow up big and strong. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know this meme. I looked it up and uh, sure, I guess we would want them to grow up big and strong. So thanks for that. But if anyone's not familiar with Goosh Goosh, it's, I guess, from Tokyo Tribe 2. Uh, If you're going to look up this meme, proceed with caution. That's all I'm going to say. I unfortunately looked up the meme. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Proceed with caution. But okay. Goosh, goosh. <laughs> I like the idea of growing up big and strong. The rest of it, maybe not so much. <laughs> Next, we have our patron, Hernstrom, who writes, Some pretty non-spicy names that have an anime reference and won't make the child's childhood miserable are Jean, Annie, Erwin, or Leorio. 
I like how it, three of them are Attack on Titan, and then you have the one from Hunter Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, we should, we, we got to be good about this. So to clarify Earthworms, um, for anyone who's not familiar, Jonathan Joestar comes from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Right, yes. Best Genus comes from My Hero Academia. Um, and then Hernstrom's here, like you said, the, the first three are from Attack on Titan, but then Leorio, which is fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. is from Hunter Hunter. I would say Erwin. That sounds like a great name. Uh, if our baby were like the commander of like a, a scouting legion, or just <laughs> yeah, if they can give as rousing speech as much rousing speeches as Erwin does. I mean, I'm down for the name John because John's my favorite character from Attack on Titan. Hernstrom continues, some pretty spicy names that have an anime reference and will make the child's childhood miserable. Speed of sound, Sonic. <laughs> putty putty prisoner, Bertolt. <laughs> <laughs> Speedwagon or Gabby. Okay, so I agree with all of these except Speedwagon. I think our child would be an absolute winner in life if their name was Speedwagon. <laughs> like Speedwagon, because in the show, you know, he's constantly panicking about everything. But it's Speedwagon. Best waifu <laughs> Speedwagon. Yeah, that's true. And then maybe our baby in the future can build up their own foundation so to clarify <laughs> sonic and putty putty prisoner come from one punch man Beru toro toro toto i love that that <laughs> meme like no one can pronounce his name correctly uh Bertold comes from attack on titan same with gabby and then of course Speedwagon comes from dodo's bizarre adventure Armstrong continues, if you are a real Levi simp, you know what to do, Carl. Oh, yes. Also Attack on Titan, yes, of course. (laughs) Levi is a great name. Um, I will need to consider that one. Uh, And then Hernstrom concludes, but for real, ever since you guys put out the Hunter Hunter episode, Carl said something about Courtney buying a Gon rug and how much she loves Gon (laughs) as a character. Then you guys proceeded to joke about naming your future child Gon. This was pre-pregnant. I forgot about this until you guys revealed you were going to be parents. And now almost a year later, I really like that name. And I would fully support it if you guys chose Gon as your child's birth name. I'm right there with you, Hernstrom. Yeah, I did buy, um, I actually have a lot of Gon merch now. But one of the first things I bought was a Gon blanket because I love his fucking face. And I wanted a blanket with Gon on it to take with me to every anime convention. And I do. But yeah, I fully support this. Gon, like I said earlier, is my all-time favorite child in anime, one of my favorite characters in anime. I adore the shit out of him, and Gon would be a phenomenal namesake. I think Gon is just a, a great-sounding like nickname, too. Yeah. Like, hey, Gon, come over here, or <laughs> you'll be gone, and I'll be gone. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> the only caveat is you can't pull a jing, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much to our patrons for those awesome entries. Now we're going to jump over to our other listeners from the Discord. Why are you laughing? <laughs> uh, I, sorry, I, I saw one of the one of the entries. We'll we'll get to it. <laughs> okay, well, jumping into um, our listeners who shared these on Discord, we have first off JD, who is the other host from Anime Brothers podcast. JD says, "April babies are the best." Congratulations again. Thank you, JD. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, the baby shall be named Kotaro. There doesn't need to be a reason. Absolutely. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, it's all thanks to you and Earthworm that we even got introduced to that show. And Kotaro is absolutely fucking precious and just an all-around great kid. And we, we would need to buy them the, the God shirt and oh, then yeah. a, a little like toy katana that yeah. they can wear. <laughs> all right. This was what I was laughing at. Uh, so we have our listener, Cardigan... <laughs> 
Okay. Cardigan. <laughs> that cardigan who has, you know what? They have some of the best responses for these prompts that we give. So Cardigan Backyardigan writes, I can't even. I'm thinking One Piece because it's the best anime there is. So you want us to name our child One Piece? Not like a character, not like a character from One Piece, but One Piece. I mean, hey, the One Piece is real apparently, so that's that's fine. It's legit. Yeah, not like Luffy or Nami. No, just One Piece. Okay. Oh, my God. Well, thank you for that entry. <laughs> the next few names comes from our Discord member, Booty Stank. <laughs> I love Ooh. saying your name every single time. Um, so Booty Stank has three here. The first one is Aaron because we never know the choices he is going to make. I mean, if, if it's Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan mm. as a namesake, yeah, I mean, that would be a very unpredictable child. That's for sure. But we will, we can say that this baby was born into this world. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is Thorkel because you want him growing up big and strong. So I believe this is Thorkel from Vinland Saga. I mean... Oh, the really intimidating Viking, right? Yeah, the one with like the <laughs> spiky blonde hair. I mean, if there is one character in Vinland Saga, Vinland Saga who is big and strong, like the epitome of it, it's definitely Thorkel. Like he... He lives for the battlefield. Although we don't want our child, you know, necessarily living for the battlefield, but you get what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) To grow up as a Viking. And the last one is Kintaro because everyone needs to strive to be just as golden as Golden Boy himself. This one's timely. I actually just watched Golden Boy recently, so I understand this reference. And uh, you know what? Kintaro has some really good qualities um he is uh dedicated to his goal he's incredibly intelligent because he outlearned the the college course that he was in and then ended up dropping out because he wanted to learn even more uh but the the horny nature of kintaro may be less of a quality (laughs) (laughs) but either way kintaro is a very positive character so yeah that's that's good that's a good one Next, we have Moe Soda, a.k.a. Amelia, from the Otaku Host Club podcast. And she writes, LOL, I was going to say Joseph in response to Earthworm. Yeah, because I think when Joestar. Earthworm had mentioned Jonathan Joestar, she yeah. was like, I was going to say Joseph. And I'm sitting here like, hell yeah. Joseph's yeah. a great option, too. <laughs> yeah, he, I would say uh, Joseph's my second favorite JoJo. Uh, and I would hope our child is as goofy as he is. <laughs> yeah, I think Joseph is a great namesake because of, like you said, his silly, goofy nature. He's very carefree, but also he's incredibly dedicated to his family. Like he he does a 180 the second any of his family or close friends are in danger or aren't being treated right. So that's a really good aspect. Plus, Joseph's fucking amazing. He's my favorite Jojo. Next up, we have an entry from Reservations at Dorcia. This says, I assume it's a boy, so in which case, Chad. <laughs> Damn. He's Giga most, Chad. Yeah, he's most likely going to grow up to be a weeb, and in 10 to 15 years, who knows where the anime community might go. It might be uncool to like anime again, in which case, Chad is a good hedge bed. Just sounds like a dude you don't want to mess with or even attempt to make fun of. If perchance the baby is a girl, then I would say Comey. Yes. Comey from Comey Can't Communicate. 100%. Uh, <laughs> because Comey's mom is a fast-talking social butterfly with no filter. Comey's dad is quiet 
quiet, logical, uh, and restrained. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> you hit the nail on the head there with Comey. I didn't even think about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, Comey from Comey Can't Communicate, of course, and I guess Chad from Giga Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I think both are great options. I mean, there's, yeah, at, at right now, there is no name that is more powerful than the name Chad. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, what's funny is that I think my mom was actually going to name me Chad. What? <laughs> when they were considering names, but then... I cannot yeah. see that at all. <laughs> oh, it, it's kind of odd, but yeah, they ended up naming me Carl, so... <laughs> but Carl's a good fit. Chad, I don't know. At that point, you might as well just name your kid Winner, right? All right. <laughs> yeah, Comey is... That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. I... I am a bit more like Comey's mom, aren't I? I mm-hmm. You like to joke that I never stop talking. <laughs> and then I always joke, I'm like, you just sit there and you listen. <laughs> yeah, and then I can have like a silent conversation with our kid uh, <laughs> getting ice cream and just we will communicate to each other in like grunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have CU1, which I believe is Classy Ulysses. And CU1 writes, I got two, but one is Bruce and Hachiman. Since Carl loves Batman for one and Bruce sounds so cool. The other one is Hachiman for why I picked the name. Well, it sounds edgy and cool. Hachiman <laughs> from Oregairu, a.k.a. my teen romantic comedy snafu. That's a good one. Although then that means our kid will be a little bit like cynical about the world, <laughs> at least in mm. the beginning. But Hachiman is a really good character because he's extremely intelligent. I mean, the conversations he has with Yukino, sometimes I was sitting there like trying to read the translations, like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But no, it's it's a really good show, and he's a really great character. As for the name Bruce, yeah, I hope our kid can grow up to be like Batman. <laughs> Although, I, you know, I hope it doesn't pan out like Batman's story. Oh, God. Uh, you know, how, how Bruce's parents end up. Well, but... it has to be very careful at movie theaters, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Joey Guns 13, who instead of uh, submitting names we should use, actually submitted names we should not use. And they say, certainly not Aaron or Emir. So we won't talk too much about the second name because that's very <laughs> spoiler territory. But knowing what we know about Attack on Titan, the final season, yes, <laughs> I can agree there. I think, again, if we had Aaron as one namesake, we could end up with a very difficult child. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we have Emir, uh, I don't even know what kind of child we would expect at that point. Just funny because we, we were just talking about Aaron. I thought Aaron would be a good name because it would be a baby that was born into this world. It, I guess it depends on what facet of Aaron we're talking about. Because again, like I think it could make for a really um, like strong-willed child who could be difficult, but at the same time, mm-hmm. a child who, you know achieves their goals, sticks to their guns, and like knows the type of person they want to be and what they want to do in life. So I think it could go either way with Aaron. Yeah, and can't say much about Emir. Trees. Well, <laughs> yeah, trees. <laughs> Maybe they'll like trees if, if we name them Emir. <laughs> Next, we have Atomic Pickle, who just writes one name. Jean. You know what? Like I said earlier, favorite character from Attack on Titan, I would be down for that. But would you want our child to look like a horse? <laughs> yeah, that we do run the risk of horse face, I guess, technically. <laughs> but I think John is a great character because he has a lot of... Okay, it's, it's so hard to talk about Attack on Titan without spoiling anything, so I'll speak very high level as always. He goes through a lot of character development. Um, well, first off, he's a male sundere. 
fantastic. Uh, but then he goes through a lot of development and becomes more of like a leader and takes on a lot of responsibility despite being very scared mm-hmm. in the beginning. So he pushes himself out of his comfort zone to do what's best for his friends, the people he cares about. So that's a really good quality. But then also, again, this, the male in the day part, you know, <laughs> yeah, <and> he, <laughs> that's why I love him so much. And then, yeah, John doesn't end up getting the girl or, you know, he always plays. He's like second fiddle to the, the real protagonist. <laughs> the unrequited love. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Dimitrov N, who says another good one would be Lelouch to honor our true kings. So that's Lelouch. Lelouch from Code Geass. That's a really good one. That's another one where I feel like that would be a very difficult child. But extremely intelligent. And extremely. with the power of Gias. <laughs> <laughs> that like the thing about Lelouch is that he's a high schooler in the show, and yet look at all that he accomplishes. So yeah, if there's one kid that would bring a lot of intelligence to the table, it would be Lelouch. I think if we named our kid Lelouch, we would have to start them early on how to play chess. Yeah, and- there you go. Let that translate to a fictional battlefield. Although I actually don't know how to play chess. (laughs) Really? That'll be you. You'll have to teach them. Next, we have Styx, who writes, Vegeta, destroyer of worlds and prince of all Saiyans. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Or Artoria Pendragon of the Saber class, wielder of Excalibur, queen or king of England. So, of course, Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z and then Saber from the Fate series. I've only watched Fate Zero, but Saber was fucking phenomenal in Fate Zero. Artoria Pendragons. Sounds so regal. It does. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be the name. It'll be Artoria Pendragon, and the nickname will be Saber, and uh, they'll be a a very powerful child. Vegeta, on the other hand, um, they'll be very (laughs) powerful like physically, and they'll run around screaming until they power up, and then they'll... They'll destroy everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you no, know, Vegeta's great. I love Vegeta. The next set of names comes from Drew, and these are going to be very interesting to read through. Actually, I feel like you should read through these. Okay. Uh, so Drew writes, you can never go wrong with a Gundam name like Quattro Bagina, Poptimus Sirocco, Cacricord, Cacular, <laughs> Full Frontal, Jamatov Hyman, Agrippa Maintainer, <laughs> Biscuit Griffin, South Burning, Jim Gingham, Marybell Gadget, Cancer Kafka, Vinya Gina, etc. Gundam is replete with fantastic character names. Legend has it that Key and Peel came up with their East-West College Bowl sketches after being inspired by Gundam. <laughs> These names are actual names in Gundam. We're, we're mm-hmm. not um, like. I've seen a couple of Gundam anime, but we're not like Gundam fans. So these are all brand new to me. Full frontal. (laughs) And I thought Jojo's Bizarre Adventure had some weird names. What the hell? (laughs) Yeah, and I remember that Key and Peele sketch where they just come up with random names. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should just, yeah, get a a Gundam name generator if that exists out there and then see what that spits up and then name our baby after that. Which of these? I'm looking at all of them. Which of these is your favorite? I think Biscuit Griffin is my favorite. I like Cacricorn Cacooler. (laughs) (laughs) Like a tongue twister. The next couple of names comes from Otaku Kakashir. They write, I mean, Askeladd's real name is Lucius Artorius Castu. Also, Welsh names kind of fire in Japanese accent. They are. Mm -hmm. Except (laughs) except for season two, the new character is Anar. 
E-I-N-A-R. And I've been telling Carl this. Every time the Japanese voice actors say their name, I think they're saying anal. <laughs> anal. Yeah. So that might be the only one that's a little bit of a hesitation. But no, you're right. I love the way that the Japanese voice actors pronounce all of these Welsh names. Askeladd, I mean, that would be a, a really dope namesake. Askeladd mm-hmm. is badass. Um, he's, you know, he's rough around the edges. He's a traditional viking i guess you could say um he does some questionable things but i think at his core he's he's a pretty solid dude they also write you could name him bobo 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 bo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i like that anime I, I watched it as a kid the only thing i can think of though if we name our kid after bobo bo, is that they're gonna have really long nose hairs oh i've, I've never watched <laughs> I've, I've seen clips of bobo bo, but i think one of bobo is like fighting abilities is whipping people with his nose hairs oh boy <laughs> next up we have bubblegum crash aka jeff one of our friends from the otaku host club podcast and jeff writes how about lupon he's a literary legend that steals for a living and has an old as dirt anime based off of him uh or levi would be great because he's a badass so that's two already for levi so lupon of course from lupon the third mm-hmm. and then levi yeah that's that's a good option i like <laughs> jeff writes has an old as dirt anime <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're not wrong <laughs> hey we can introduce our child to old as dirt anime. Heck yeah. I mean, I, I watched Lupin when it was on Adult Swim or Tsunami or whatever, and I really enjoyed it. Plus, we've got um, the theme song on your Spotify playlist because oh, that is yeah. a banger. Yeah, it's good it's shit. A great theme song. That'll be a great way to introduce our kid to freeform jazz. <laughs> I, I don't think it's freeform, but, you know, jazzy stuff. Next ones come from Scary Spice, and they write, if it's a baby girl, she obviously has to be named after best girl Comey from Comey Can't Communicate, and I think Carl would agree with that. No explanation is needed. 100%. I I like the name Comey, and so that will be top of the list. <laughs> For a baby boy, I would say Shoyo because he's one of my favorite characters from Haikyuu, just a ball of energy and the ability to ease the tension and up the spirits of the team during a match, and the name of a relatable protagonist from A Silent Voice. Both characters show perseverance, which is a good backing trait. Yes, absolutely. So I I also really like Hinata from Haikyuu. My favorite is Kageyama, because he's the male son of the day, but Hinata's great. I mean, he doesn't let anything stop him, even though people say, you know, you're super short, you can't, you can't jump high enough to play volleyball. He clearly p- proves everybody wrong. And yeah, Shoya Ishida from A Silent Voice. Oh, just like an endearing character that you want to protect. Everything that he goes through. I mean, I don't want to spoil A Silent Voice, but there's a reason it's my favorite anime movie of all time. And Ishida is one of the biggest aspects of that. Although there are some parts of Ishida that... You know, I don't know if our, our kid should go that route. Yeah, okay. I, we don't want but, our kid to be a bully when yeah. they're growing up, but, you know, they need to be a good person, which right. is what Ishida grows into. We'll yes, leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Nid Stang, a.k.a. our good friend Aaron from Under the Bun YouTube channel. He writes, if a boy, bo 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 Again, those nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if a girl, Nina Einstein... From Code Geass, uh, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Fuck me, Oh, man. I think if, Get out of here. If we named our child that, they'd love tables for sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, yeah, Nitz Stang 
rounds off with also can't go wrong with Onizuka. From great teacher Onizuka. I think that's a good one too. That would be another difficult child, but one with like a heart of gold who just wants to help people. Like I, I think Onizuka is a great like character that you can't predict, mm -hmm. but you can always rely on. All I know is that he's a great teacher. There you go. So maybe <laughs> our child will grow up to be a great teacher. Next is Ingram, and they say Shinji, because if you really think about it, it's kind of like he slash she is piloting Ava Unit 1. <laughs> that is That's a clever. really interesting way to think about pregnancy. I guess I'm being controlled ultimately by our child, a.k.a. the Shinji, in the, uh, the cockpit of the Ava. <laughs> the only thing is... If it's Shinji, I just don't want our kid to cry all the time about everything. Oh. Shinji is okay. Shinji's a little bitch. He whines and cries about everything. That that might not be as you know super exciting to deal with, but you know he's he's capable in the Ava. That's that chair meme, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Dano, who just writes one name, but it is a very impactful name. I'll say, Jojo. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's just name our kid Jojo. That's great. Yeah, let's let's do the tradition of naming our, our descendants variants of the name Jojo. No, let's go all in. Let's not even try to do like a Joe first name and a Joe middle name so they can combine it. Let's just go all in and just name the kid oh, Jojo. Jo yeah. <laughs> the epitome of the Joe Start lineage is just Jojo. And then it'll be like Jojo the first, Jojo the yeah. second. <laughs> Next, this one comes from our Discord member, Loading, who just writes, Anos Voldigod. I mean, that goes right along with Chad. The Demon King. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> you, you just you want the, the biggest Chad in anime, you go to Anos. And hey, Anos is fucking amazing. All the confidence in the world, all the ability in the world. There is the reason that he's the Giga Chad of anime. So if we named our kid Anos, then uh, they'd be pretty impressive. That's for sure. Last but not least, we have our patron and also our Discord moderator, Halt57. Yes, very special shout out to Halt57. <laughs> and so Halt57 writes, fuck anime, just name the kid Halt57. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. That's a great one. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for your submissions. These are so much fun to read through. Um, I I haven't laughed like this in a long time. It's especially the fucking One Piece. Well, like, why? Why? <laughs> but yeah, these are these are really great. Um, all fantastic options for our kid's name, maybe except for Goosh Goosh. I don't know. but And Nina, maybe not that one either. <laughs> they're all great. Yeah, great, they're... Um... They're great in some way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> great yeah. for their characters. There you go. <laughs> but we really appreciate it. This was um, fun. I hope you guys had as much fun coming up with these names as we had reading them. And now to round things out, we wanted to share on the podcast our baby's gender. Drum roll, please. Is that cheesy? <laughs> so we are having a baby boy. We're very, very excited about it. Um, our family is very girl heavy, so we were very excited to be able to have a boy and bring in a, a boy into the family. <laughs> yes. I imagine, you know, <laughs> the, our baby boy emerging into the world to the tune of departure. Okay. That... <laughs> I love it. So I've been talking this whole time about how much I love Gone, and Carl and I have been joking for months now because um, we, we listen to his Spotify playlist whenever we're in the car, and Departure will come on, and the 
I think the album art for Departure is like Gon's face all zoomed in. Mm -hmm. So you just see his big ass eyes staring at you. And we always say like, you know, if we were to make, I'm not going to have a playlist probably for when we're in the hospital, but if we were to do something like that, can you imagine uh, this baby literally arrives as Departure is playing? It would be the most epic weeb moment ever. (laughs) And it would solidify our kid being Gon Freaks. And I'll be gone. Oh <laughs> my kidding. god! <laughs> I will not. I will not be a shitty anime parent. <laughs> yeah, maybe someday we'll we'll tell our our baby boy some of these names um, that were submitted, and they'll probably be like, I don't know what that is, and then we'll be like, Well, great, we're gonna show you the anime. Maybe not all these anime, maybe not right away, but <laughs> we're hoping that you know our our son on some level appreciates anime, um, even if he doesn't become a full on weeb, as long as he understands. The magic of anime and why we love it so much that's all we could ask for and most importantly we wanted to thank everybody for all the love and support you guys have given us since we announced our pregnancy back at the end of last year we just we we really do feel the love you guys have been showering us with all this amazing support and advice um, several members of our discord are parents themselves and we appreciate all of the insight that you've given us to try and help us for the leap we're about to make to become parents for the very first time Yes, it's it I it's beyond words like how appreciative we both are for everything that you've shown us your your love and support. Uh it's just crazy to think that, you know, this this baby hasn't been born into this world yet, but already there's a a huge community, a huge family that's that's surrounding it um from across the world. It's that's just that's just wild to me. And while the day that this episode is going live, again, is the baby's expected due date, who knows when he'll finally arrive, but we will keep you guys posted on everything that we experience in these next several weeks. It's going to be a wild ride, and we're glad that you guys are here to join us. So thank you, as always, for being amazing listeners, and be sure to subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries, and tune into Strictly JoJo, our other podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.